You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Avram Kipolevich. And I'm Kalman Warch. Well, we start, I don't know what season we're going to call this, Kalman, uh, season 19, I don't know, season 38. Season 11. Season 11. Yeah, there's a uh, Steven Soderbergh movie coming in up where, all right, this is <laughs> Chavrusa 11. Um, yeah, I don't know what sort of heist we're going to be planning here. The In the process of a conversation, there's going to be areas of agreement and disagreement. Um, you know, we'd like to be able to file things under uh, distinctions, but really, as I said, the flow of a conversation, there's going to be some areas where we're, we are on the same page, some areas where we're not. Um, and I, I would add to that to encourage all those who are listening. You know, in, in, in Claudius, we speak about for us as Jews, uh, as part of the greater body of religious Torah Judaism, but in general about the whole pan-Jewish experience, I look around and find something that we somehow have failed in our inclusive, in our inclusivity. Our inclusivity. Uh, it looked like it was going to happen. Uh, you know, the the mid '60s, uh, the it started as a trickle. It then became sort of like a a powerful uh, fire hydrant explosion of of immigrants from the Soviet Union at the in the in the '70s. Uh, in the 80s, where, and there's stories that have been written about it, the great Hashkocha protest that whether it was perestroika somehow shifting and the ability to be able to convince the right people, we somehow were able to save millions, we thought, millions of Jews who for years had been under the uh, communist regime where their Judaism was being assaulted, uh, taken apart, where it was some, sometimes very recognizable. I think for many historians, Kalman, when they think about the Murano experience or the Converso experience, we had, they weren't sure how to exactly process it. The Russian Jews gave us a, a way to see that, where so many of them uh, were keeping you know, certain elements of what it meant to be a Jew, but but not the total picture at all. And then we were able, the floodgates opened, as I said, they came, there was a lot of fanfare, and we seem to have dropped the ball. Um, here we are close to 50 years later uh, from, let's say, approximately 50 years later from the great Russian um, uh, expulsion, the great Russian immigration, especially to the to the West you know, Eretz Yisrael, I think, might have its own dynamic, and I think it's part of the same thing. The Russians, you know, <laughs> you know, there was an old movie called The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. The Russians came, and they still stayed separate. Uh, I, I, you know, as much as those 50 years have passed, they have gotten their Nobel Prize winners, they've gotten their chess champions, uh, they've had yeshivos that are built on, uh, whether it's Chabad or Gruznia or other types of religious Russian figures, but there seems to still be a, a, a very um, a palpable sense of separation between them and us. And, and, and unlike, I would say, you know, other sorts of immigrant cultures uh, that you know, we've, we've been able to absorb and, and live and, and be enriched by them, 
you always get the impression. And again, this is going to sound like, you know, Kivalevich is, 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 is an old dinosaur and mouthing off some sort of, you know, um, I don't know what you would call a, a, a cultural insensitivity, but I really get the impression always that there is a gap, there is a barrier between us and them. And, and in a certain way, they draw back and they're comfortable with their own language and their own culture. And they sort of like a, sep- a separate being uh, within the 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 body of Claudius Israel. What do you think? Well, I, I agree with you that that's the case, right? I, I don't think there's anyone who can debate that uh, the integration um, d- did not really happen in the way that it was intended. Uh, but but in, in my mind, I, I think it's a combination of things. Um, but but I think what it comes down to is, and I'm going to set Eretz Israel aside because I think I think you're right. Eretz Israel has its own issues. But but I think that. It's the fault of the fact that Jews in America have become so American and the Russian Jews or the Jews who came from Russia um, had too much Russian in them. In, and I'm not saying negative in either direction, but they're just very Russian and the Americans are very American. And those two cultures themselves create a clash. So I'll say something as simple as the fact that Americans are very snobby about the concept of accents. And, and if someone has a uh, Slavic accent, they, they, um, they'll, they'll even make a judgment about that person's intelligence, which, which has no logic behind it, but it's just something that Americans will naturally do. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I'm saying that's an example of the kinds of things that have created this divide where the American Jews had trouble um, making those imaginary lines of the different cultures disappear and to bring people in. So I'd say in, in things like Shiduchim um, or, or in yeshivas or even when someone's looking for a chavrusa into, when learning in yeshiva, so it shouldn't be a factor. What, what, and it's not just Russian, it's, it's all the other um, accents that are different than what Americans are comfortable with. And so I think that the, the culture issue, uh, the different perspectives on the world, the different priorities in, in life in general. Um, in, in, the, in Russia, it was taught, and I, I think rightfully so, that Americans are very materialistic and Americans are very shallow. And then they come here to uh, America, and it is the land of opportunity, which is why they're here, but the people are materialistic, the people are shallow, and uh, to a certain extent, why should they, they're ready to be Jews like everyone else is ready to be Jews, but Americans want the Russian Jews to become like, uh, not just part of the community, but part of their American community. And that may not be welcome to many members of the Russian community. Yeah, so, so you know, you know I, I think that the, you have a perspective here that I'm going to have to respect um, because you are an immigrant yourself and you're someone that... Um, in a way, I remember when you know we first became Chavrusas, your accent was definitely uh, more pronounced uh, than it is now. So you understand, of course, you had an English accent, which, which as you say, I think um, Americans can tolerate more. I, I think they had, you know, even on Fox News and many of the other, you know, real, you know, flag waving uh, places, you know, you can somehow have an English um, uh, news. What do they call it in, in England? They don't call it a, a newscaster. They call it a, a reader, right? Or a newsreader, right? 
they were able to have a newsreader with with a, with a straight down the line English accent, um, and they were able to accept that and perhaps even be um, complimented that. Right. Was, and, the, and this is pushed by the Hollywood. Where, you know, if you have a British accent, you're assumed to be ten ten IQ points higher. Well, you know, I I guess it's true, though. Uh, You know, you could be a totally washed up actor, but if you still have some sort of voice talent, they're still going to use you to be the narrator for, you know, the the hundreds of documentaries that uh, the streaming services are always putting out. Just get somebody with an English accent that I'm sure it'll it'll sell because it must be serious. But you know what it's like, though, to be uh, coming to the United States and 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 it, and sort of like uh, discovering the that attitude. But I think what, what we need to I think put on the table is that as much as we would like to believe that we are insulated from the American jingoism, the American sense of exceptionalism, that we are just this community that the Medina Shochesed allows us to 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 live there. We absorb. Uh, uh, there's an acculturation, a culturalization that is coming, seeping through our pores, you're saying, and turning us into the same type of an American idiot that some of the other, that's just like the American guy in, in Dubuque, Iowa is, right? Which is, you know, why does that guy talk funny? So as much as we're all with Shem Shemayim, right? Don't walk behind me. Don't just walk beside me. All that stuff that the kids are learning in school, we can't still shake off the fact that we're American. And part of being American is the melting pot idea, which <laughs> wasn't uh, wasn't articulated by our, our, our Jewish ancestors or the Jewish people. It was articulated by the Americans, but we became part of that and we expect that as well. So I think that's a, uh, it's, and again, as, as much as we're going to be makbed on glad kosher, we're going to be makbed on, on minyonim and everything, bismanoi, uh, we're going to be, we're going to have a level of tznius that we're going to demand, but we still have this American inability to integrate and recognize. I'll, and I'll say this as more of a position rather than just an opinion. In my, in my, in my position here is that the Russian community is justified in saying we came here because we want to be Jewish. In Russia, we were called Jews. And I, I hear this, one of my dearest friends is a Russian Jew. He says, while, while, in, while in Russia, we were called Jews, then finally we make it out so that we can live like Jews and then we're known as Russians, right? So, so we come here to America, we live amongst the Jews and now we're called the Russians. So, so, so the Russians called us Jews and the Jews call us Russians. So I, I think that the Russian community is very justified in saying we came here because we want to be Jews. We do not need to pick up the rest of your garbage in order for us to be welcomed into the community. Oh, and, and because you Americans are not allowing for that, you're not allowing for us to carry with our own um, you know, culture uh, in a way and to bring that and to be Jewish. And you're not allowing our Jewish um, um, identity to itself be what brings us together then fine, we're just going to sit around the side, we'll be Jewish, and, we're, and we'll join you. You know, we need a minion, I'll come to your shul for mincha, you'll come to my shul for mincha. But it, for us to sit together at a Shabbos meal, or for your your son to marry my daughter, um, that's going to require me knowing that we really, truly respect each other. And until the Americans can open their minds and stop being so, and I'm going to use the same word, snobbish, 
then I think other communities are entitled to say we're going to keep our distance. Okay, so I'm going to come in here as someone who I think uh, is more American than you are, but in many ways also less American than you are. Right? Um, right. You know, I am a, a, a Holocaust child, a child that grew up speaking Yiddish, who had European parents who really understood what it was. Uh, to walk into a, a school where there were Jennifers and Jills and, um, you know, and Margos and, you know, and, 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 and all sorts of American chevra and, and having to be able to adapt and learn. So I, I know what that experience feels like. On the other hand, I think you're blaming uh, the Americans too much. And um, let's be honest, the same way this phenomenon, which I thought you were... Uh, which was profound that you were saying that as much as we are Jews, we can't help being what bleeds into us is where we come from. The Russians have what they, where they come from, which is a mistrust of the government, a sense that patriotism is ridiculous, right? That basically what you need to do is milk the system that you don't really trust what the government is saying. It's all a bunch of blather, which everybody knows is blather. And there's a, 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 you mistrust the other because you've been spied upon. All of that was part of what the Russian community built up. And when they came here, the idea was, look, we want the opportunity don't give me the simplistic, jingoistic, even if it's Jewish type of morality and ideas. This is all about what we knew from Russia, which was rolling up our sleeves, sometimes blackening our eyebrows, sometimes having to burrow in some secret way, or sometimes to, to make some backhanded deal, to have the mouth saying one thing to the official, but saying something else to your friend. I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what you're talking about in this sense. I, this is not an impression I have. Maybe you can elaborate more on this. What do you mean by, uh, or why, why are you emphasizing at all the um, relationship because, of the community to the authorities Rather than because the authority, the community relationship that the average Russian Jew had with the authorities colored everything about their interpersonal relationship as well. It was it was a society that, on one hand, extolled some of the greatness of what their country could do, but was very very uncomfortable with uh, many of the mantras and the ideas that they realized that this society could 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 actually well, I mean, was, was I'll negative. Consider- I can see that the Russian community is bringing in a lot of baggage. In other words, I'm saying it's all the Americans' fault, but but I agree they're bringing a lot of baggage. But you're suggesting we, a specific kind of baggage, and I, I don't know if the I'm baggage is a mistrust. That. The baggage is to view all these sorts of rosy-colored descriptions as fantasy. And the third thing is, and this is the part that I think was, was for years. A, uh, a a sticking point and made it difficult for both of us to be involved in Kirov properly or involvement was there was a sense of entitlement that the Russians felt that they had. There was a sense, look, I suffered to get here. Um, I deserve this. And there was a lot of parasitic behavior. I'm not saying that that was what the, the, the wonderful children in Baragoyla, the kids that, that were Meiser Nefesh, but along with that came the Erevrav of the Russian Hevra. And the Erevrav, as we know, Alpisoid, infects all of us. And therefore, and, that, and let me just make that point. The Erevrav of those Russians basically wanted to milk the, 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 uh, the Nadiva slave 
of all their American friends and, and also live duplicitously. In other words, to say one thing and not be that. And I think the, the, the interactions resulted in, you know, I, I thought we were saying one thing and now I discover that they're out at the disco. Now I discover this and, and I realize that they're involved in organized crime. There's, there was an idea that, that we couldn't trust them and, and, and that's the way they operated. They yes, operate. I, I have to concede that anyone has to admit that there were a number of people who came out and and their their goal was all right we're getting a free a free trip to the United States we're going to get all these resources that will be made available to us how do we use this to then take advantage of the situation and get ourselves on top and and, and not a small number but a large number but i don't want to focus on those because i don't think that's our discussion our discussion are those people who came out wanting to join specifically the religious community and that's actually a very small number compared to the number of jews even in, in this area you've got all the northern suburbs filled with thousands and thousands and thousands of the people who want to, who desire, wish to be part of the community. And there, I don't think you have all that duplicity that you were describing. Common, the same it's unfair. You know, you, you can't have, we, you, you want to be a sociologist, you want to talk about the way human beings are. You can't say that somehow the metal of that mute of Russian from, from uh, Hevra is somehow different than us. Right, because, not, not wait, wait, wait. different than the other ones. Different than the people no, who just no, 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 said no, we got a free trip. It's, it's not, no, you can't say that. You can't say that the American. Well, it's 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 intellectually uh, it's intellectually not viable, and I'm surprised that someone as smart as you can say it because you can't say there's something uh, about the American. Wait, crazy wait, like that's not going to get me to change my mind. The American. The American Makariv is still the snob, as you say, the one who's sort of a little bit um, uh, naive and still sort of uh, in infected by the jingoism and superiority of what America has, despite the fact that he's from. So the Russian is not affected by what, what's, what's been the mentality of Russian life. And of course we, he is. Wait, 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 wait. One last thing. Who does he feel a closer Kesher to? The the Orthodox a Chassid or or a regular yeshiva, a black hat guy, or the guy in Brighton Beach who has uh, the Russian mafia connections? Who does that from Russian feel more of a connection to internally? What do you think? Well, I, I think many of them would be torn with that question. Yeah, even but though they put on tefillin and they go to the mikvah. Right, but, but I but, think what I'm saying is it's that, that that's what happens when people feel unwelcome that they create that they generate their associations in a in a way where they feel less unwanted if people uh, if the from community would would get over itself and some of the silly things that they make important and stop focusing and which would allow a greater amount of warmth and 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 getting together i think that that would automatically change the dynamics of the question that you just asked i think that they would it would also become religious versus non-religious would be the bigger divide than whether you were born in america or born in russia look you cannot have the onus completely on the welcoming culture and 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 and, and you've you you've you've almost turned the uh the weaknesses and the uh, of the Russian culture, uh, you're putting a blind eye to it. There's some, there needs to be work within the Russian community. There needs to be someone like Esses or someone else to stand up and say, "Look, you're right. The Americans are in a way snobby, jingoish, and in a way they don't understand us." But what is really crucial? Achtus comes from 
recognizing the crucial things that bind us. And you're right, sometimes just like other ethnic minorities need to take the high road instead of necessarily wrapping themselves up in the identity politics and say, this is who they are. They have to be macabre and realize that there is going to be something greater if they are the bigger person. And no one in the Russian community, at least I don't know, is necessarily ringing that bell. And I think that's... Let me, that's let me try a- another angle on you and see, see how this feels to you. Um, I think that a big piece of when of being part of a community is representation. I, I think that, that that's a that's a big piece of it. I, of I think that you see this in identity politics that 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 the minorities that feel oppressed, the the foremost solution to this is more representation. And I, I think that that the Russian community doesn't feel represented okay, as well. And and uh, the reason why I'm saying this is because, yes, I do think that even though I'm making more about the Americans' fault, and obviously this is, it, it, it's always, it's always a two-way street. But I think that if we're going to start or make a suggestion about how things can change, it should always be the people in charge who are making the change, rather than the people in the inferior position. Oh. And I think it could start by having greater representation of the Russian community within the leadership of our community. Okay, I'll give you that. But remember, we are 50 years down the line. Um, and let me throw in something which is probably politically incorrect in today's uh, milieu. Uh, but it was it was said often in the early 1960s. Let me just make sure that it's recording so I can... <laughs> so you could use this against me and, and railroad me out of the podcast world. And I will be along with Dennis Prager, uh, Dennis Prager and I, and, and, and I don't know who else. 1960s, uh, when people were grappling with why uh, the African-American community uh, was not making the strides that they expected it to make. And when people sort of um, zeroed in, well, on the... Uh, we can't get over, as you were talking about accents, which I want to get back to in a couple of minutes, but they couldn't get over uh, the, the, the skin uh, texture. They couldn't get over uh, the, the fact that there's black versus white. They couldn't get over the difference in, in, in facial structures. And, and, and that's something that, that's, that's so ugly about the human condition. Okay, that was one of the ideas. Uh, but then a counter argument was made about uh, the, the millions and millions uh, of, of immigrants from the Asian community. Now, again, whether it was from the 19th century, uh, the amount of people coming from Imperial China, whether it was at the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, the incredible Japanese immigration, um, and people would point to the incredible success rate, despite the fact that from an external feature uh, way, they looked very different than your average uh, white bread American from Dubuque. But look at the strides that they were making. Look at the way that they had integrated, had become successful. Um, there was, uh, despite the fact that in their homes, they still kept whether it was to Shinto or Buddhism or uh, the old grandmother that came over, they still were able to to to, to retain a lot of that uh, uh, Asian culture, now the Korean culture as well. But they were able externally to exude and stride comfortably and with acceptance completely in the quote-unquote white world, right? Now, this was an, an idea, and someone said, why isn't this happening with other ethnic cultures? And, and people would, would, would browbeat the African-American community for not 
adopting the same sort of mentality, work ethic, and other things that the the Asian community was was doing. Um, we know now today that, and, and again, there, there's no guy, despite the fact that in the in World War II we saw the yellow man as you know the the, the enemy the, 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 that we had to destroy. It was incredible. It, there was there was almost no sense of. And again, whatever that this was a minority that was being oppressed and was being you know, was was being t- taken to internment camps. Now, what's my point? My point is is that there was something within that community that said, "Okay, let's learn the English, let's speak it, let's in fact speak it to a to a level where where you can't even tell the difference," and at the same time balance that by still having a rich connection to our culture and our churches. And that is something that, is there something special about the Asian uh, mentality, uh, about the Asian DNA that they're able to do that? Why couldn't that have happened uh, in the Russian community? Because it didn't. It's a fair point. And we could have picked, you could have picked another example who I think would have been a fair point too. There seem to be certain cultures that, that integrate in a way and and other cultures don't. Again, I think, I think that it's a, it's a mixture of a, a number of things, but a part of it is that, is that, like I said, that the Americans will enjoy a British accent or, or other kinds of uh, what they call exotic accents. There are cultures that, that complement each other more naturally. And then there are cultures that clash. And, and I think that, I, I don't want to go through the list of things, but I think that the Asian American community has had the advantage that what they bring to the table is, is very much fitting with what the American, your typical American agenda is, as opposed to what other cultures may be bringing to the table, that the American agenda uh, is not welcome welcoming of that culture. And I think that's going to be the difference between the two. So I think it's a good point that you see some cultures can make it, but I think there are practical reasons behind it. I'm not blaming the Americans for it all, but what I am saying is that there are certain cultures that clash. And I think that it's the culture clashing, which leaks out into, I'm going to say this, the Russian Jewish community, there shouldn't be a culture clash because we should have the same culture. And uh, we, we should have the same culture because we're all Jews, but instead, and maybe may, I'll, I'll have to concede, the Russians want to be too Russian and the Americans can't help but be too American. They don't real, realize they're being American. They think they're just being them, but they're so steeped in the American culture that they're being very American. And the American culture and the Russian culture, naturally, unless you've got common things to overcome it, which is, I think, what we can do, they clash. Right. So you're correct, I think, uh, hinting at the fact, the richness of the Russian culture, which these from Russians are still being yonate from, gives them a comfortability uh, not to be involved, not to drop the accent, right? Which they could. You dropped yours, they could drop theirs. There is something about staying in that comfortable place. And, right. and, and Well, I don't know about dropping accents. You know, I, as a kid, I don't know if I would have made that choice if i if i was if i was uh um you know today would i still make the choice to allow that to i don't know but but you know, in, in my mind i don't i'm i'm british right but i don't hear in the russian accent what americans hear in it 
I, I, I'm say, when I say Americans, I don't mean you or I mean many Americans. They they translate that into into um, a lesser intelligence. I, I don't know where that comes from, but 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 to me it doesn't sound like that. It may be even on the contrary, because I you know I was raised with with the impression that the education in Europe was better than the education in America. Right? It's, it's, it's nothing to do with intelligence. In fact, in many ways, we understand that so many of the Russian Jews who came here weren't that, that were actually intellectually uh, ready to scale heights. And because of various things, they weren't able to, and they were frustrated that many of them had held positions, although they wasn't paying anything, but they were positions of, of, of glory. I don't know if glory is the right word, but they were positions of, of, of scientific of significance, honor. of honor, scientific significance. When Hirsch talks about, when he talks about Terum der Heretz, and then over here, because of the labyrinth of, 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 of issues with visas and other problems of work, situations and inability to understand the accent is not a, a point they ended up doing menial jobs driving cabs doing stuff that was embarrassing to them and i think that was a um i think that was part of it no one i think let, 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 let's go forward a little bit what do you suggest if you if you were in charge and you were you were being asked what what do you want to do about it what would you suggest would you would you push for an integration or okay so what you said what you said before let's talk about inclusion is what you were talking about before there needs to be more inclusion now let's take a a page out of what's happening already in terms of the inclusion clause in uh television and streaming and stuff like that what's happening there you don't have to be uh uh, you don't have to be a a a a sharp-eyed critic to see what's going on is is representation if you are watching and i'm not saying anyone should but you can see it in the print ads. You can see it in, in, in the commercials. There's so many more African-American uh, people, not just in the background with a maid's uh, a broom in their hands, right? They are... If we would look at a timeline of the, the backs of cereal boxes. Right, right. We would see... So today, it's, it's almost that's the way it should be. Um, so w- 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 what was really happening there? What was the idea? It's not just the woke culture. It's that... You change things by the perception. Now, does that mean that the African-American actor or actress really deserved it more than the white actor and actress? Probably not in terms of talent. But in terms of the bigger ideal, they have a better chance now to get that commercial or to get that uh, role than a white actor and actress had. Maybe what needs to be done is despite the fact that there might be less um, uh, into, uh, on, a, on, a, on a pure scale, less worthy, bring them in because we need to. In other words, we need to pack the court, as it would, with more Russian people. There needs to be, on the Mayetzes, there needs to be someone who represents them more. So we can't have this snobbishness that you're saying. What we need to do is break down and bring Russians and say, look, we do a mea culpa, don't get involved like in the Harusa show, like who's right and who's wrong, but rather say, look, you know, let's let's break this. We we are sending a, uh, uh, a, a a delegation, and we want you. We want to have on the Mayetzes, There should be someone who is does is not the level of Talmud Chacham yet of the others, but clearly is representative in a way. The same way they they put on the original Aguda, they had Rebis. 
and other people that probably were not necessarily as great as some of the Rosh Hashivas, but we needed people to feel that we are all biyachad. I think that would go a long way. Um, and that that hasn't happened. At the scene, you know, we, we can't just have, here's our token Russian. Like, okay, here we have the Rosh Hashiva from Lakewood, and here we have the, the Rosh Hashiva from, uh, I don't know, is there any other Yeshiva in America that's worth anything, <laughs> that means anything anymore? I don't know. Okay, here's a Rosh Hashiva from there, Israel. Here's from the Rosh Hashiva from Philly. Okay, good. Philly, yes. Okay, and now let's try out the Russian guy to speak to the Russians. Okay, right? That's not going to work. Right, well, you, right, okay. Right. Excuse me not. Right. To have him as a token, everyone's going to tune out. Oh, that's for the Russian. Okay. That's like, <laughs> there needs to be a way that on, on, on a, a complete total level uh, that we, 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 we say, look, inclusivity, we're here. Um, and I, I think part of it, maybe we need to use the same sort of methods that were used for integration, which is, um, is, it, is it right to still have the Baragayla? I mean, the, let's say the Baragay was the completely Russian yeshivas. Uh, it, it, maybe we have to think about it because money is coming from federations about it, about maybe deconstructing these places and melding them with the what we would call the standard yeshivas. Right. right. Generally speaking, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that they did the best job representing their constituents anyway. But, but I, I think you're right. And I maybe throw in this other point, which is that I don't know how many... While we still have this issue, I think that the institutions that were in place, which theoretically speaking represented them, I, I, they may be doing them a disservice by by um, by alienating them from the rest but, of the but, 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 but to to sort of deny, what's your impression? If, would this conversation uh, be relevant in a Chabad circle? It's very not? different. It, right. This entire conversation that we've had had to have taken place outside of a Chabad setting. Because within the Chabad setting, uh, and I think that's the proof to my point, because Chabad itself is so Russian. It's Russian in the drinks, it's Russian in the songs, it's Russian in, in much of the attitude, and all the stories are, are, are very Russian. You know, everything, it, it is Russian itself. And the, the community is, has some, that, that, that I, I think they naturally became a safe place for the Russian community in both directions, meaning that they had an easier time working with the Russian community. I mean, they've got rock, songs that are still in Russian that, you know, your, your American kid knows this one song in Russian that he can sing. I think that it made for such a natural um, a meeting place that that Chabad didn't have this issue. I think that proves my point, right? Yeah, it's a little bit strange, though. I'll grant you, you know, Y.Y. Jacobson is really, you know, from a Russian family and from these Russian shluchim who, if you read the stories, I mean, I talked about, the, you know, secret agents and stuff like that. They really were secret agents. It's really incredible. Um, you know, again, my, I come from a Russian, from my mother's side. I know a lot about the, the, the Russian experience. But those secret Chabadskers, what they were doing in the darkest, darkest times is really incredible. It's really, those are stories which should be art scroll books consistently, and, and they aren't because of what they were able to do because, you know, art scroll stays away from Chabad, but it really is incredible. But however, even in the Russian world, you know, you come from Chicago, our program is from Chicago, right? So we know that there's free and a number, there's free in, um, in West Rogers Park, there's free up in the in the suburbs, and 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 and, and they also heritage, yeah. 
So there still is that brand. And I, I, I wonder, you know what tells the tale, Shaduchim. Do the Russian Chabadskers get the exact same Shaduchim as the old Chabadskers beforehand, the Russia from the 19th century, the mid 20th century and beyond Russian uh, Chabad Yidin? Are they getting those same Shaduchim as the other ones are? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But I do know that they are separate. There's almost a, there's still, and, and for example, they're the ones that do the weddings. You know what I'm talking about, right? In other words, those, that, that greater population, the old grandparents, right, who basically never had a chuppah kedushin and were living together, they still do, you know what they do, of course, they have these huge um, uh, weddings where they have, uh, you know, 70, 80-year-old women, 90-year-old women and men. They dress them up in tuxedos and wonderful dresses. And they make this just like Sun Yung Moon used to do. <laughs> like you have, you know, this this huge mass wedding. And they have these big mass weddings where finally, right, w- without stressing the fact that they were living Bisser without Iksuva, and I, they might even send these ladies to the mikvah. I think they do, right? Is that possible? Because, right, they, right, they send these old Bob to the to the mikvah with their Russian nesting dolls. They send them over there with the samovar, and they say, right, and they turn this into this incredible event. And that's somehow outside of the, I mean, the, the normal chabad, right? And and uh, you're right. I, I think that's what they're doing. But I, I think in terms of the of the from community, I think there's that there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done for this to happen. And uh, I, again, I'm, I'm going to pick the side saying that, you know what, maybe there does need to be, you know, communities and little pockets in the community and isol- I, I We can obviously come together more. There shouldn't be a, there shouldn't be divisiveness. But, but yeah, why not? There should be a Russian shul and there should be, there should be the uh, Hungarian shul and there should be, or it doesn't even have to be divided by country. I mean, why, why are we only divided about whether, whether the Scott shul and the Bourbon shul? I don't think that's, that's right. So it would be much more important to, to separate it based on your culture. And, and, and... Well, I'll say one last thing here. Um, I think that the bar that we need to reach for Kiruv might be different as well. It might be because of the entrenchment of so many years of, of, of living in Russia. It might be that we should not feel frustrated when we can't get complete Shemira Shabbos and Kashras. Because there is just, my impression is that it just doesn't, the message doesn't get there. And I, I'm sounding like a racist in a way because I'm like, I'm a men- like yeah, I, I, I have no idea where you. I, I think on the contrary, I think that that the other cultures have a much harder time with with um, learning keeping Shabbos. So I, I've got I've got I've got a, another dear friend who who got a bris mila at a at, at a much more advanced age than eight days. And did so with a sense of pride. His observance of mitzvahs. I, I don't think that's fair to no, say. No, 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 no. I think I think Mila is an exception, and you can see this from Shuvas that Rebel Yoshev dealt with with the Russian community. There was an understanding that the bris Mila, despite the pain and everything that with it, I'm just saying I don't think it's pride. true that that, that there that on the contrary, I would say that the the level of motivation and dedication that we've seen, which you yourself mentioned in in in, in those stories that aren't always published. But the, I think that the level of dedication and the the higher level of integrity and loyalty 
um, that you find within the culture itself, I think allows actually for a greater level of observance of Shabbos than your typical American who you're trying to be Makarov. So I, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with your... What with I'm your saying is, is that when we, it depends where you came from. If you were coming from Russia, uh, and I dealt with in, in Chicago, uh, we had a wonderful Arach program that you filled in for me often. You know what I was talking about. So we had a number of, 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 of elderly gentlemen from the Russian community who didn't join us from the learning, but were part of uh, the service, uh, 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 the ones who picked everyone up and they picked everyone up in rain and snow. And in many ways, their accomplishments, although they didn't sit and learn, although sometimes they sat there and I knew that on Shabbos, they probably would pick up the phone, was in a way a, a, a great, great thing to applaud from where they had started from. So I, I think that as much as we want to integrate, we need to realize that's a great success and we need to uh, see it as a great success, even though uh, the, 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 the Shmir Shabbos and the Kashras still isn't there completely. The, there, there still is very much a, uh, an appreciation and a Mesiras, that, that Mesiras Nefesh is still there. Well, I think that probably the biggest difference between um, you mentioned earlier the Moranos. Most of the Moranos, especially the ones from Spain, have the choice of leaving. Um, you know, in, in the case of the, most of the Russian Jewish community, they didn't have a choice. Judaism religion was taken away from them and made illegal to, to the pain of death in many cases. And for them to still somehow maintain, keep, keep the light going for the, for the 70 years of, of Gaulus Russia, uh, uh, meaning the 70 years of the communist. As, um, um, a Marxist socialist um, 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 Gaulus Russia and the fact that they're still here is something that we as a community need to celebrate more and, and, and turn into these stories that we are going to be <laughs> take care my friends we'll be back be well bye bye Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.